It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It's a new week on Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. Happy to be with you today. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White, great job on Punchlines without Frank Nicotero this week. Thank uh, you. Frank, I appreciate uh, it. Frank's back tomorrow. He's in uh, on assignment in uh, the Big Easy, even though I, that clip that uh, our guy Jerry put out the other day. Uh, they fr- we have a fan in New Orleans. I mean, that was, that, was, that was great. That was great stuff right out of the gate. By the way, before we get going, um, first on the show today, Matt Hamilton. Uh, you see him uh, in the Hammer Time segments uh, over at uh, at Up and Adams, uh, K Adams uh, television program. Also uh, does the does the show on KCSN uh, as well, uh, going through game tape throughout the week. Uh, always and a, and a good friend of mine too. So we'll be talking all things NFL and Matt Hamilton in a few moments from now. But I got a shout out here real quick. A, n- a new audiences for us today. If you're listening and watching us at Steiner's here in Vegas on Buffalo, welcome. And also to no word of Jimmy Facaro was the one who, who lined this one up. In Trafford, PA, shout out Dom's Pizzeria got us on as well. In Trafford, PA, the old stomping grounds. For, uh, for our guys, Jimmy and Chris, uh, of course, uh, doing a great job as always. So welcome to new audiences that uh, are catching us there today, Alex. We're super excited to have you along. We'll uh, also uh, be on in all all three of uh, the Steiner locations here in Las Vegas uh, relatively soon. But you got us on Buffalo today if you're there. A lot of fun, right? You kind of changes the vibe. So if you normally watch us at home, you can go to Steiner's, get one of their delicious draft beers, and of course, those delicious french fries. They have a lot of good things over at Steiner's, really uh, for, for sure. Uh, we'll get Matt in a second. I Just before we get Matt in the, on here, I just want to go over a few things real quick, Alex. Uh, because Monday night, I haven't been on since Monday night. Um, you you obviously were on, on two, uh, the last three days in for Frank. Denver shocks Buffalo two days ago uh, from a book perspective. Easy cover, seven and a half. Um, money line north of $3 gets home as well. Sean McDermott then fi- and the Bills then fire Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator. Uh, Josh Allen has led the league in turnovers at every single step of the way since he's come into the league since 2018. And now Joe Brady, who we saw do an amazing job in Carolina, as we know, or excuse me, in L- at LSU, I should say, Joe Burrow's coordinator for that national championship team, the play caller, uh, and then went to Carolina, struggled. We don't know. I don't know. I'm putting that all on him. Matt Rule in the NFL, not the same as Matt Rule in college. Uh, But it felt very, uh, very much that you're scapegoating Ken Dorsey. So we'll see. We'll get into that game later. Buffalo draws the Jets, who are currently allergic to the end zone over the last. I have not scored a touchdown since uh, two we uh, three games ago against the Giants in that first quarter. So uh, 11 full quarters without a touchdown for the Jets. But they did beat Buffalo in week one with Zach Wilson playing all but four snaps in that game. But we'll get to that game a little bit later, Alex. But that's that's really how I feel about the Dorsey thing. I don't think it impacts this week. I don't know if it's going to impact the rest of the year. But it really does feel like they are scapegoating the coordinator, even though if you look at the analytics numbers, the Buffalo offense is top five in basically every analytical category. Granted, if you watch it with your eyes, they're clearly not a top five offense at the moment. Right, and Josh Allen has thrown more interceptions than he has in the first few games of any season. And like you said, kind of scapegoat here. I mean, they had 12 players on the yes, this, at the yeah. final play where he missed the field goal and they could have come away with that win. And he probably would still have his job if that did happen. But uh-huh. I agree. replay, kicks again, perfect kick. So here we are, um, fire their OC and now the... Quarterbacks coach takes all, over. All, all I will say is if I had a if I had Buffalo money line to close out a parlay, or if I was a Bills fan, uh, I might have pulled the Matt will appreciate the mention. I might have pulled the Kevin Brown from back in the day. I might have done that. The wall the wall might have won against my right hand. Uh, let's just say on that, uh if, if I had that. Thankfully I obviously I was on Denver every which way on Monday night. A- just going to give you your kudos. You actually were on Denver and told me. I wouldn't be surprised if they won this one. Well, well you know, again, it's. Uh, I, I think if you've listened to the show the whole year and you've picked up on this pretty easily within a few weeks, there are some teams I like going against and there are some teams I like betting on. One of the, We'll get to the game tonight. You, When I immediately locked in, you're like, oh, you're on Cincinnati. And I'm like, oh, how did you know? Uh, so uh, we'll get to that 
uh, in a few moments. Let's bring him in uh, from FanDuel TV, our guy Matt Hamilton with us right now. Hammer, it's a pleasure. How you doing today, man? I'm Jeff. Everything I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. I, I, I had to remember to put my headset on. See, it just Alex is the IFB. It's like, oh, OK, I got to put the uh, the old cans on the ears here. All right. You, you heard the intro here, man. I just want to get your thoughts here uh, of someone who has scoured over tape for, for plenty of years and obviously looking at the Buffalo tape here. What did this feel like to you with Dorsey getting the old hee-ho and now Joe Brady coming in to call the plays for Buffalo where we know, we know the expectations. They were a team that we expected to win the AFC East, be one of the best teams in the NFL, and instead they're 5-5 five and five with a schedule that remains that is the toughest left in the NFL. Yeah, so I agree with you. While it does feel like scapegoating to a degree, firing Ken Dorsey at this stage when a lot of the issues with their offense are Josh Allen not protecting the football, right? Uh, but there is something to this. When you really go back and, and you watch the tape of this offense under Brian Dable, watch the tape of the offense under Ken Dorsey, you notice some things that were there under Dable that are not there under Dorsey, and a lot of it is motion and play action. The Bills were the number one play action team in the NFL in Brian Dable's last season. They were 15th this year. They're not doing the things that Dable was doing to help Josh Allen out. And I think this is something that we've talked about over the years, Jeff. As talented as Josh Allen is, there is some sheltering that needs to happen with him with the play calling. And that's what Brian Dable did masterfully to the point where it got him a head coaching job. And that's what Ken Dorsey really wasn't able to do. I think he put too much on Josh Allen's plate, and that's what's led to these turnovers these last two years. And, and of course, uh, Matt, we, we talked about it since the beginning of his career. He, if you, It doesn't matter what year you go from. Josh Allen has led the NFL in turnovers since 2018, 19, 20, all, all the years put together. And, and you and I have had this conversation off the air plenty of times. When he doesn't turn the ball over, it's a dynamo. He, he looks as good as anyone, yeah. but... That's just not what it is with him. He's turning the ball over. You have to live with this. It's almost like it's it's a modern-day Brett Favre almost. Like, again, we saw Favre's best full year was his last one in Green Bay was the year he turned the ball over four times. And, of course, ironically, it ended with a turnover before the Giants beat them uh, in <laughs> overtime of the year. But, but Matt, it just uh, before we get to tonight's game uh, with, with Cincinnati and Baltimore – just with Buffalo, but just moving forward, is it as simple as just changing it for sheltering, sheltering Allen Moore? Or is there even just, at this point, just a broken system up there with everything that has gone wrong through 10 games? Yeah, I mean, I think there are ways they can make it better. Um, you know, the injuries have been a big factor there, too, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But offensively, I think finding a little bit more balance. They're, they're just so pass-heavy. Everything revolves around Josh Allen. Even the running game all revolves around Josh Allen. They need to find more balance there. And I do think just, again, finding those ways to shelter him, a little bit more play action, more motion to define coverages, things like that, it can make a big difference because he is immensely talented. And, and as, you, as you alluded to, they're 33-1 and one when they win the turnover battle with Josh Allen as their quarterback. So I think that speaks to, you know, the potential that they can play up to and how much those turnovers really affect them. Matt, we have seen them look excellent. I mean, the final drive of the first half when they were running the ball using James Cook, they made it look very simple against that Denver defense. But do you think the Bills are going to miss the playoffs? Like Jeff mentioned, one of the toughest schedules in the NFL moving forward. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and the AFC playoff field is so loaded right now. I think they, at this point, I would say they probably do end up missing the playoffs. I think the Bengals are going to end up finding themselves on the right side of that playoff picture. And I think there are a bunch of teams in there that have easier paths. And just by virtue of that alone, uh, it's going to help some of those other teams climb over the bills, I think. Matt Hamilton with us right now. You can uh, find his work up at up at Adams, FanDuel TV. Uh, Matt, uh, just looking over tonight's game real quick. Uh, gambling perspective, Bengals on the road at Baltimore Ravens, three and a half point favorites. Consensus right now, 46 and a half. That's the numbers behind us as well here at the South Point. Just looking at this one, both teams coming off of losses. Cincinnati somehow got that game tied at the end, and then C.J. Stroud did C.J. Stroud things. And then Baltimore just melted. That was a melt last week. And, and yeah. it, it's one of those where you look at the Ravens, 
you can see Baltimore be the team that no one wants to see if they're playing like they did against Cincinnati or against Seattle or even that first game against Cincinnati on the road, an impressive performance in week two. Of course, the Detroit beat down. And then you have the two two of their three losses where it's like, how did they how did they blow that game to Pittsburgh? How did they blow that game to Deshaun Watson, who was obviously playing with a screwed up right shoulder, as we know, with him being out the rest of the year? What what are your thoughts on this one? Because to me, this feels like if Baltimore is going to really put the clamps on the division. They get it done tonight. But as we know, Cincinnati is just a team that has found a way to survive and stay in this thing despite not having their best stuff for all but maybe three games this year. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is as good a matchup as we can get on Thursday Night Football. Super excited for this one. But, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, the, the, it's just a strange thing with the Ravens that's happened with them. And this has bled over uh, from last year with them blowing these these double-digit leads late in games. And and that was kind of the story before Lamar got hurt last year. And it's the story, it's a developing story again this year. Uh, they really did give that game away. Uh, he's just gotten a little too loose with the ball, I think, sometimes when they have the lead. Um but from the Bengals' side, you mentioned it. They found a way to rally back, but their concerns about you got to be a little bit concerned about that defense after what we saw against Houston, giving up 544 total yards of offense, 150 rushing yards to Devin Singletary. That's not what we were accustomed to see out of that group. They were missing Sam Hubbard in that game, who's a key piece. He's out again tonight. Uh, they have to find a way to control this Ravens' run game if they, if they want to have a shot of winning. I want to stay in that division. We've got the Steelers going to Cleveland. This game is now a pick with the Deshaun Watson news. We will see Dorian Thompson Robinson get the start for the Browns. Cleveland's defense is clearly the best unit in this game, but do you think they can uh, pull it off and get the win here? I think they can, and and the crazy thing with this game too is if the Ravens lose tonight, the winner of that game is going into first place in the AFC <laughs> North, which is going to be pretty incredible. But uh, but yeah, I do I do think the Browns can get it done. I think um, you know, I was listening to Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson's press conference today, and he talked about you know we saw his his first career start came against the Ravens. He said he didn't even know what half the play calls were. Um, he said he was a little bit taken aback by the moment, but he's grown so much since then he's ready for this moment and I don't think it's just lip service I don't think the coaches are so quick to make that move like as soon as the Deshaun Watson news was announced he was named the starter not PJ Walker so I think that really speaks to the the growth they've seen in him the confidence they have in him and again with the way that defense is playing and with the way Pittsburgh looks at times if he can just keep the offense on schedule, not make the critical errors, not throw the three interceptions like he did in that Baltimore game, I think the Browns are going to have a shot to win this one. The uh, total on that one comically down to 33. I actually, I actually think that total is too low because the possibility, <laughs> and we saw it in the first matchup, the possibility of the defense scoring right. in this game are pretty yeah. high. Uh, <laughs> and we again, I know it's not Deshaun, but... You mentioned it. It really did make sense that DTR wasn't ready for that moment. Oh, and by the way, at the face of the Ravens defense, what a cakewalk that is. Uh, grabbing, yeah. getting, <laughs> drawing them right out of the gate, gate. Only one of the three best defenses in the NFL. But uh, down to a pick behind us now and now in Cleveland and Pittsburgh, 33 the total. Uh, I, you know what? I'm just going to keep rolling down these games here, Matt. Houston and Arizona is next on the rotation number. If you're watching us here in Vegas, 453-454. Houston's a five-point favorite here. I, I'll tell you this before I get to the Houston, before I ask you about the Houston side. On the Arizona side of things, Kyler Murray looked really good in his first game back after the ACL tear on Sunday. A good, nice win for Arizona at the gun on the Prater field goal against uh, Atlanta. Just from the Arizona perspective of things here, we always assumed I was going to be a tank for the big time for the, for the premium QB prospect. But doesn't it feel like now that Kyler's going to be there long term, especially with the reports that he's hitting it off with the new coaching staff? Yeah, I mean, if he keeps winning, they may not have a choice but to keep him because they're <laughs> going to lose out on all the top quarterbacks in this draft. But he really, he really did look impressive. And and again, this is this is a fresh start for him. It's an audition with this new coaching staff and uh you know whatever went on with with uh cliff kingsbury and the past staff and that regime and all the stuff that kind of got leaked out in the media with the contract and all that like it's it's all in the past and and he gets to write a new chapter to his career right now and and so far it looks like he is taking it seriously and 
and uh, taking the challenge head on. And he looked fantastic in that game. And I think the Cardinals, you know, they've played really hard even, you know, without Kyler, they've been in pretty much every game they've played. And now you add Kyler to the mix, they're going to be winning some of these games. And I don't think as, as good as CJ Stroud has been, I don't think this one is going to be a cakewalk for the Texans at all. Now this actually just from a betting perspective, and I know Alex and I will go into this fully on Sunday. This is a classic buy a sell high on Houston. I don't want to say it's a buy low on Arizona because they just won, but a sell high on Houston was all the way to a five-point favorite in this one. And, Matt, I'll just ask you on the C.J. Stroud front, because there's been a whole lot of pushing to get C.J. Stroud into that MVP mix. We know he's going to win offensive rookie, barring injury here. But what would it have to take for Stroud, a rookie, to actually realistically be in that MVP race and get him as high as about 20-1, to 25-1 to 1 still in, in markets in the MVP markets? Yeah, I do think a, a lot of that pushing has been so premature, and I, I don't know why. It seems like Adam Schefter's obsessed with it for some reason, but um, I think uh, baseline, they're going to have to win the division. They're going to have to overtake the Jags, uh, win that division, and he's going to have to keep playing really clean football. Uh, he's done a great job limiting his interceptions so far. Um, he's going to have to keep throwing for near 300 yards a game. I think, you know, they need to get to around, uh, they would need to get to around 12 wins, I think, to, to make that viable. Um, you know, he's been fantastic. I'm not trying to take away from him at all, but uh, to have a rookie win that thing. And, and again, he's, the team is five and four right now. Um, you know, usually when we see MVPs, you got to win at least 11, 12 games to be in that conversation. So um, I think, you know, the, to make a uh, long answer short, they got they have to win. They have to win double digit games at least for him to be in that conversation. And their schedule is not terrible moving forward. But I'm gonna take you to a game farther down the board. I need an unbiased opinion here. This is 463, 464. If you're following along, the Las Vegas Raiders have won two in a row since firing Josh McDaniels. But now they're going up against a team with a starting quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa is having the best season of his career what do you see happening in this one I'm not even going to ask you the betting line I just want you to, your opinion on how you think this game is going to go yeah it's hard to really see the Raiders hanging around in this one they've they they played really well under Antonio Pierce so far they've also faced two teams that have really been struggling in the Jets and Giants uh, the Dolphins just have so much firepower and it's hard to imagine Aiden O'Connell keeping up with that um, but it is interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch what Antonio Pierce is able to do with this team going forward. We actually had Howie Long on the show today, and he said he thinks that Mark Davis kind of learned from what happened with Rich Basaccia and is going to seriously con consider keeping Antonio Pierce if the Raiders are able to stack some wins here over the second half of the season. So it's going to be a, a, an interesting storyline to watch with this team for sure. So now looking at the betting line, they're only the Raiders are only getting 13 and a half. Is that <laughs> enough points for you? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I see. I do see this one being something of a blood. I think the Dolphins are going to be fired up. They're coming off that bye week. They feel like they have a lot to prove after what happened in Germany. I think. Uh, I think they end up covering that. Yeah. I, I again, I didn't lay the early the, the earlier in the week number, and I'm not going to chase a bad number here. But uh, you beat Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson, and I, I just don't. Yeah. I, I don't see it. I, it's amazing, and 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 Hammer, you you brought this up. I mean, look at all these teams in the AFC that are within a game of the playoffs right now. The Raiders, the Raiders are five and five. They're right in the middle of this thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just, even with the easy schedule the rest of the way, I just, I, I think they just took advantage of two teams. One that's barely an NFL team right now in the Giants, and the Jets just are, like we said, allergic to the end zone right now. Matt, I, I do want to take you to the Jets though. They are on the road in Buffalo. Bills are seven. The total is finally dipped. I thought that 41 that was out there earlier in the week was insane. Uh, did grab a little of that under uh, earlier in the week. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're in the camp, or excuse me, at 40 and a half, not 41. I'm thinking of uh, week one when that one stayed under as well when it closed 41. But, Matt, just looking at, uh, at this one, we know every, all the turmoil that's going on with both of these teams. We know what's going on with Buffalo. We talked about in the opener. The Jets... Haven't scored a touchdown since that first quarter uh, of the Giant game where it was a Brees Hall touchdown. It was a check down that Hall turned from a two-yard gain into a 50-yard touchdown. But the Jets have had Josh Allen's number the last year plus. 
the horrible game last year where the Jets were a double-digit dog and New York won that game. The game where Mike White broke his ribs and the Bills only won by eight. And then, of course, what we saw in week one. What do you see here? Jets getting a touchdown here with this total now below 40. Man, I, I mean, they, they almost have to, right? At some point, they have to score a touchdown. You would think. Um, one would think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and and we know a lot of changes are going on there. Salah talked about, you know, uh, the Michael Carter cut. And he talked about a lot of other personnel changes that are going to be coming with this offense. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that as this week plays out. Um, but but we talked about it during uh, during that Sunday night game. We you know we talked about it. I don't think Zach Wilson was the problem in that game. I thought he played okay. He played well enough for them to win that game. But you can't have seven offensive penalties and expect to win a football game. You can't have penalties that are wiping out touchdowns, that are wiping out third down conversions. It is it's a total system failure on that offense right now. And I think they have to obviously play a much cleaner game as far as the penalties, but I think they have to let Zach attack a little bit. When we saw him at his best, it was against Kansas City, and I and I went back to that game and watched it, and I thought about why we saw him at his best, and it's because they knew in that game that they were going to have to let him play if they were going to keep up with Mahomes. Every other game, they've tried to shelter him. They've tried to make it, hey, just don't mess up the game for us and we can win. I don't think you can approach uh, approach things like that with him. I don't think it works for him. I, I think it works against his decision making. Works against his confidence, and he has it in his head. Hey, let me don't let me not mess up the game. It's hard to play quarterback that way. You have to let him go out there and play his game for better or for worse. And if he does make mistakes, you have a great defense that can bail you out. But at this point, it's not going well having him just try to not lose you the game. So let him air it out a little bit. Let him get a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, look, I think at this point, and the turnover at the end of the game, I think was as much on Lazard as it was on Wilson. Yeah, he stared him down. His receiver didn't give him much help coming back to the ball. And Spillane made a really nice play on that interception. Uh, but again, it's just one of these where the Jets are just wasting this high-end defense uh, on a year where they yeah. just are deciding not to score more than 14 points a game, basically, which is uh, not good in the, the 2023 season, as we know. Uh, Matt, uh, we have two more games I want to get to. I want to get to both the primetime ones uh, Sunday night, and then Alex will ask you about the Kelsey Bowl on Monday night. Uh, but looking at this Denver-Minnesota game, I, I crossed this off immediately from a betting perspective because there are, there are a few things going on here with both of these teams. And I'm curious your thoughts on just watching the tape on both of these teams. How much is Russell Wilson's resurgence to at least getting back to being a solid starting quarterback? How much of that is real over the last few weeks? And how much is what we've seen from Josh Dobbs real? Obviously, we know everything he's been through this year. Traded from Cleveland to Arizona, then traded from Arizona to Minnesota. And the Vikings have won both of the games that he's played the majority of the action in. How much of what we've seen from both of these quarterbacks are real, though, Matt? Yeah, so I'll start with Russell Wilson. I think um, I think it's real from the standpoint of he's going to be able to repeat these performances he's been putting together. He's only throwing for about 200 yards a game uh, because they've really built this offense on the run game. They've gotten back to what made him successful in Seattle, which is run the ball first, play action with him, let him move around a little bit more, make some plays with his legs, extend plays with his legs, and but. You know, you're not going to see him throwing 40 times a game. That's not the recipe for success. And and so I think Sean Payton has found a formula that works. Russell's making the plays that are there to be made. Um, and again, only about 200 yards per game, but it's but he's got 18 touchdowns, which I think is tied for the third most in the league. And he's got the fourth highest passer rating in the league. So I think they found a nice sweet spot here, but it is all predicated on that run game working, which it has been lately. Uh, and as for Josh Dobbs, he's got he's got arm talent. He's got athleticism. It doesn't always look pretty, but when you have the weapons he has around him uh, in this Vikings offense, which is only going to get better when Justin Jefferson makes his return, um, you know, I think we could see this continue. I'm not as confident in it as, as Russell, just because, you know, Russell has the track record. He has Sean Payton, um, you know, calling plays there and, 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 keeping that system together. But uh, I do think we could see it from Dobbs as well. Uh, obviously, we know he's very intelligent, and he has all the tools to make this thing work and all the weapons around him. Here we go. Super Bowl rematch. We've got the Chiefs hosting the Eagles. Kansas City is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That total is 46 right now. Do you like anything in this one? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the stars are going to come to play in this one. As good as the Chiefs defense has been, the number two defense in the league right now, which is incredible from where they've come from over the last couple of years, uh, I do think we see, you know, A.J. Brown make his presence felt. Um, they've been feeding him and getting him going no matter what. Um, I just thought, yeah, and that, and I think on the other side, I think we see Mahomes have a big day. This Eagles secondary has not been great this year. Uh, losing both their starting safeties uh, has hurt them. I know they made the trade at the around the deadline for Kevin Bayard. That hasn't fully meshed yet. We'll see if the bye week helps with that. But I think there's a lot of plays to be made in this game against that Eagles secondary. We see Mahomes have one of his bigger games of the year. You know, I, I'll just ask you this before we let you go, because Philadelphia, you and I have had this conversation off the air, man. Philadelphia has the best record in the NFL. They're 8-1 they're and one going into this week, and it feels like they have not even come close to what they were a year ago. Does that kind of make yeah. you think, all right, you know what? They're coming off the bye. They're as healthy as they've been all year now. Is this one of those where, by the way, their next five games – are insane, as we know. Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, and the Seahawks with three of those five on the road. But do we finally start seeing this Eagles team become the great team that the record shows they are and they were a year ago? That's the one question that I'm looking for, at least on this backhand hand of the schedule now after the bye for them. And it's a great question, and I think it, a lot of it is going to depend on how that secondary meshes as Bayer gets himself acclimated, because I think that's been a big part of it. You know, the defense was was pretty dominant last year. It hasn't been this year. But I think we have learned something about this team, because I think the wrap on them last year was you got to get up on them early and make them have to play from behind. They're not really built to play from behind. They're a run-first team. They want to run the ball. That's what they want to do. Make them a passing team. And this year, they're 3-0 and when trailing at halftime. We've seen this passing game, I think, evolve as Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown's chemistry has evolved. And uh, just to put that in perspective, too, there are only two teams in NFL history, I dug this up a, a few weeks ago, that have finished a season 3-0 and or better um, when trailing at halftime, and it was the 1972 Dolphins and oh. the 1998 Minnesota Vikings. Okay. So it's pretty good company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, you only mentioned the only undefeated team in, in the history of the league and a team that should have won, well, at least should have been in the Super Bowl. Who knows what would have happened if they had not lost to Chris Chandler and the Falcons that year. But that is a, that's a pretty good stat there, Matt. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was kind of wild when I, when I came across it on the end. Gary Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Never gonna forget that one. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not 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 what not what you want uh, there. Uh, sorry, sorry, Viking fans that happen uh, to be listening to us. All right, he's Matt Hamilton, guys. You can get him on Twitter or X or whatever the heck you call it now at Matt Hamilton two five. Uh, you see him as well uh, on uh, Up and Adams at FanDuel TV. The breakdown, Casey Sports Network as well. Great stuff over there, and uh, of course, you saw him here on the show with us today. Hammer, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Matt Hamilton, everyone. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll see Vinny in a few moments. We'll also get through our thoughts on tonight. Baltimore, Cincinnati, really important game in the AFC North. We'll discuss it next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, Join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. 
Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book with over 400 seats puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket riders are happy to help and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami and Reuben sandwiches or soups, salads and pizza. Plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book. Over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White's here as well. Thank you to Matt Hamilton for joining us today. Vinny Maliulo, his chair's empty right now. It won't be in about 10 minutes from now. Vinny will be in here as he always is. All right, though, Alex, let's let's get to it. A big one tonight in the AFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. A shockingly good Thursday night game, to say the least. Uh, Bengals, both these teams coming off losses. We'll get the Cincinnati side first. I've, we've talked about this early, Stein. You, you know my line at this point. Everyone let them live. Let the Bengals live right. despite not having their good stuff for a long while. And they got it to five and three. And in the last week, T. Higgins is out. Chase isn't 100%. Matt brought it up. That defense gave up over 500 yards to Houston last week. And Houston found a way, despite their best efforts, to give that game away at right. the end of regulation. Houston, with the drive at the end, gets it done, pulls the big upset. Chaos and survivor pools for once, finally. We've been waiting for that since week three. But for Cincinnati, this now becomes, Alex, a gigantic game for them. And it's a big game for Baltimore, too. Because if they lose, they're out of first place in the AFC North, regardless of what happens in Pittsburgh and Cleveland on Sunday. As long as they don't tie, which would be all-time hilarity if that happens. Uh, but for Cincinnati, this is, to and part of the reason I'm on them is, first off, you're going to give me points with Joe Burrow, I'm going to take them. If I lose, so be it. Number two, the, the matchup between these teams in week two, Alex, I was on Cincinnati. I had it wrong. I think you were on Baltimore in that game. The Ravens had to hold on for dear life in that one, winning that game by three. And Burrow wasn't healthy. Now he's healthy. So I'm going to take those points, and I'm probably going to take a little sprinkle on the money line before this thing uh, gets rolling here in Baltimore in about two hours or so. I don't blame you at all for that. I mean, Equally motivated teams, like you mentioned, both coming off buzzer-beating losses. Both have some injuries. Um, I just, I'm going to take the team with the better defense, and that is clearly the Baltimore Ravens. I took them on the money line. I also um, took Ravens minus one and a half first half because mm -hmm. they are eight and two in the first half. As you mentioned, hanging on for dear life. They have shown weaknesses in the second half and given up points, and that's exactly what happened to them against the Browns. They had a 96.7 win probability. They were leading 31-17 to 17 in the fourth quarter, ended up losing that game to Deshaun Watson and the Browns. But I think that they bounce back here. I do think they get this win. This Ravens team is the full package. They're a very good football team. So I'm taking my chances with them. I also like... Mark Andrews over 52 and a half total receiving yards because of this Cincy's defense who has been giving up a lot of yards. I mean, they are giving up the most yards per game to opposing tight ends this season. And for those of you who are fantasy football players, they are also, that's the six most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So Mark Andrews has been a huge piece of this offense with having Lamar Jackson throw the football. So taking my shot with him here. I don't blame you, though. It's going to be a really good football game today. As you mentioned, I was on punchlines, and I had my dad, Kenny White, and I had Chris Andrews in here, brought up this game, and I couldn't get an answer from either of them. Both of them just said it's going to be a great football game to watch. So either team could win this, definitely. I'm just going with the one with the better defense. Total's been bet up this week as well, 46 and a half now across the board. Uh, we know how good the primetime unders have been this year. Would not shock me if the primetime under doesn't get there this week either. I, I Again, you mentioned Andrews. 
Uh, he had a very quiet week last week. Very, very quiet week. Uh, his least amount of yards, least amount of catches he had all year. You mentioned that Cincinnati has a big problem defending the tight end. Uh, and I also will say this. Unless if you really were paying attention here, I don't think a lot of people knew who Tanner Hudson was up until that he had that big game on Sunday night against the Buffalo Bills. Expect Tanner Hudson to be targeted a lot again. He had six catches, not a lot of yardage. I would look to the receptions prop, not the receiving yards prop. If we're looking at Tanner Hudson on the Cincinnati side, expect him to be targeted again, especially with no Higgins uh, once more in this one. Again, Houston, or excuse me, Cincinnati coming up the loss to Houston, five and four on the outside looking in in last place in the AFC North and the, the AFC playoff picture. If we throw those standings up, it is. Everyone that is not New England and Tennessee at this point, they're all together. They're all together. Everyone either has four or five losses, basically, in that scenario. Of course, you have the threes as well. But look at just how tight this whole thing is. The, the Raiders at five and five. The Colts are five and five. Denver, the Jets, the Chargers all sitting at four and five. Of course, Buffalo, we know very much, <laughs> very much surprising to see them with the same record as the Raiders uh, at five and five. Cincinnati, though, with a loss today would fall back into that pack where it's all right. Well, they're five and five. Uh, Chargers are favorites this week against Green Bay. Denver's a favorite this week against Minnesota. Uh, the Raiders, we already went over that. I think they're going to get smacked. Uh, the Texans are favorites to go to six and four as well. So it is, a, a, Alex, it is a, a, again, I don't like the term must win. All these games are must win. And if you're in a quote unquote must win scenario, you're not as good as you think. But if you're Cincinnati, find a way tonight, keep yourself going. And for Baltimore, you got a chance to sweep the season series and really right. put Cincinnati behind the eight ball. And not only that, can still control the AFC North and the chance at a, at a home playoff game to kick things off. Right, exactly. So it's very important to both of these teams. Like you mentioned, Baltimore, they don't want to fall behind and have the Browns or the Steelers go above them in that division. Really good game. I mean, I normally would probably be on the under, but two really good quarterbacks. So they can, they can score very quickly. I'm laying off the total. Alex, before we welcome Vinny in, I just want to go through some of the two of these other NFL games that we didn't get to with Matt. Uh, one of them is a favorite. I'm going to probably end up laying here, and that's Washington against the Giants. Now, <laughs> laying almost 10 with Sam Howell, who, by the way, I know people want to get on Sam Howell. Sam Howell's played really darn well this year. He's gotten a lot better as this year's gone along. His offensive line stinks, but he also has held the ball not as long recently. So he has played pretty well. They played well enough to win that game last week, and Seattle just couldn't get it done. Seattle wins at the, at the horn in one of those five walk-off kicks. Right. Uh, but Alex, Tommy DeVita, I, look, I, best of luck to him. Like, it, it, Great story, all that. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's just not. And for the Giants... I'm not sure they should be short of double digits against basically anyone in the NFL when they're on the road at this point. So I am going to lay it with Washington short of double digits. So I actually wanted to talk to you about this game. My numbers say to take the Giants. Okay. I have not yet because of that reason. So I'll probably end up just staying away from this game. I don't think I can lay it with the commanders. But yeah, my numbers, I, I have a slight value here. What did that number get up to? Highest number half. right now is nine and a half, which is behind us. Because it opened 10, right? We are seeing a little bit of, um, maybe we've seen some there was, there was There was there was a 10 for a little bit. wasn't long. Uh, yeah, there was some 10. But the people have taken the Giants. I'm not surprised at a whole 10 that right. the Sharps took the Giants. Like, it's an NFL game against the team that's underwater. And, oh, and by the way, the Giants beat the Commanders a few weeks ago. And I was on the Giants in that game. So just totally flipped. From what it is, so who's I who's Tommy DeVito's backup? Matt, Matt Barkley. I mean, Matt Barkley's a better player than Tommy DeVito. We know this. Uh, so, at some point, the Giants. And look, if you're the Giants, you don't want to win another game this season. I know, I know that's not what the, the public line would ever be. But if you're the New York Football Giants with a quarterback who, yes, battle riddled with injuries this year, Daniel Jones. 
but clearly looks like a mistake in the short time he wasn't hurt this year to pay him all that money. If you're the Giants, you want that number one pick. You want the opportunity to take either Drake May or Caleb Williams. Now, of course, that's never going to be the public line. We know this. But looking at the Giants' remaining schedule, this is a game you got to lose if you're going to have a chance at the number one pick. Because the next two games, those are the two games that they're going to be the shortest underdogs they're going to be the rest of the year. They play New England the Sunday after Thanksgiving at home. And then they play the Packers as of now on Monday, the 11th of December. I would be surprised if that is not the first ever Monday night game flexed out of Monday back into Sunday uh, since that's a double dip at the at MetLife that's, that week. And the Jets play Houston, who is getting all sorts of buzz right now with C.J. Stroud. So, uh, again, it's a big number. I understand it. It's tough to lay it, especially with a team that isn't all that good. But I, Giants, just they're not an NFL team right now. I'm sorry. They're just not an NFL team. All right, Vinny got in here. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Vinny's here. The laptop is here. The phone is here. The hair is here. It's all here with Vinny Maliulo when we get back. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grand View Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grand View Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio Final segment for us, it's week 11 in the NFL. Even more scary, it's week 12 in college football. What happened? Where did it go? Where did it go? What did you do to us, Vinny? Listen, you ask for action, we give it to you, and here it is. It's gone. It's just, I didn't, you didn't say how, you know, how long uh, or short it would be, it's, uh, how fast it, it would go. I will say, Thanksgiving next week, by the way, just programming note for next week, throwing this out there right now, next week... Our football Friday will be a football Wednesday. So right. a wonderful Wednesday. A wonderful Wednesday. Uh Vincenzo, Chris Andrews, and I on on Wednesday of next week instead of Friday. We'll have special programming on Friday morning. Alex and I will be here to preview the whole day on Black Friday. Uh, but uh we'll we'll have it all tweeted out. We'll have it all set up on the YouTube page. So uh don't worry. You'll have you'll have all the times for our special holiday programming next week. All right, Vinny. Tonight, mm -hmm. very important game, yeah. shockingly good game for Thursday night. Baltimore hosting Cincinnati. Vinny, you're three and a half. Ravens laying it at home, 46 and a half the total. This has been a toggler, not your three, three and a half. No. It's been your four, three the and a half way, toggler. Yeah. Um, so open four again on Sunday night. Chris uh, Andrews, director here at South Point, re releases the NFL Sunday night after the uh, uh, primetime halftime. And... Um, Again, just back and forth all week, taking four, 
with the Bengals, laying three and a half with the Ravens. We're presently sitting at three and a half right now. And again, depending on where you look, you'll see the three and a half or four out there. Um, you know, some some injuries to note, right? Again, everybody with a short week, uh, I think health comes more into play, right? So um, Sam Hubbard and T. Higgins uh, are both out for the Bengals, which we everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Hendrickson can't be 100%. Remember, Hendrickson went down at the end of the game last week against Houston uh, for the Bengals and uh, did, did not come back. So he's not 100%. And then, you know, we know, we know about the uh, running back and defensive, defensive injuries for the Ravens, who blew a really pretty uncharacteristic, I would say, 14-point lead with, what, less than eight minutes to go in the we, fourth quarter. Over the last two years, we've seen this more than you would yeah. expect from them. Of course, yeah, last year— Maybe, maybe that, it's not quite uncharacteristic. You know, I mean, look, that Week 2 game yeah. last year against Miami, where that was a three-touchdown yeah. game midway through the third yeah. quarter, lost in regulation— Earlier this year against Pittsburgh, that we've ridiculous. seen the Browns come back the last couple of yeah, years, right? Never I, out of it. Credit yeah. to Cleveland for coming back Good, in no that doubt, game. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the inactives just came through. Ronnie, Sta- we knew Ronnie Stanley wasn't going to play for Baltimore. Yeah. He's officially out. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, we already mentioned that. Vinny, he's out, and then mm-hmm. no shocks on the Cincinnati side. T. Higgins, we already knew wasn't going to yeah. play. He's out. Sam Hubbard, we already knew he wasn't going to play. Uh, but no surprises on either of those inactives. Now, with the injuries, and I think this is also a byproduct of the short week, too, um, you know, where maybe offenses overall, uh, and given both of the defensive injuries here, too, Alex, the total on this one, up by a couple, you know, two and a half points here at South Point. So 46 and a half off the 44 opener. I'm not sure if you got involved in the game at all or the total. Um, or my is this is too early for a reveal? No, no, no. We've <laughs> well, already both given out our plays. We are on opposite sides. Go figure. But to I, action at the desk. I love it. I am on the money line for the Ravens. Um, you bring up a good point, Vinny. The total has moved up. Yep. I don't think either of us are on the total because okay. I mean the Ravens have the best defense in the league right now. Arguably, I mean they are. They have allowed the least amount of points and the second least amount of yards per game. So that kind of you know, let, led me to lean towards the mm-hmm, under, mm-hmm. but then we have two great quarterbacks playing against each other. So that yep. that worries me. That can change mm-hmm. any minute, just like the Browns and the Ravens, sure. right? Two really good defenses. Yeah. But we mentioned that total seems a little low for these two offenses. Mm-hmm. And look what happens at, in the fourth quarter. Again, you know, the really the best division, I think, or, or, or I should say, you know, the, the division that has the most. Uh, playoff contenders right now. When you look at this, they're all over five hundred. Right? I mean, let's face it. I yeah. mean, this uh, AFC North is uh, is a monster, and it's uh, it's just. I guess it's a it's a battle of attrition and a a matter of survival when uh, as we get further into into the season here. Speaking of uh, battle of attrition here, let's go to Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Then, mm-hmm. Yeah, because Deshaun Watson season is over. Yeah. Dorian Thompson Robinson, who looked very much overmatched in his first career yes. start against Baltimore. Now that was a remember that was a weird w- week where we thought Deshaun Watson. We didn't even know about the Deshaun Watson injury until Correct. Wednesday. Then it was like, oh, he's still going to play all that, and then an hour before the game, oh, he's out. It's going to be DTR, and it was a mess for DTR. And now yeah. a few more weeks of maturation, a few more weeks of learning learning the system, watching P.J. Walker mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. those other games where Cleveland was able to steal those games against San Francisco and Indianapolis. And now you get Pittsburgh. We already saw these teams meet. It was a mess offensively. Defensive touchdowns all over the place in that right. game. Pittsburgh won that on the Monday night in week two. It's a pick now. Uh, and the total... We finally, we finally may break the sound barrier on this one, Vinny. You found a, a total that uh, is rivaling the Giants. <laughs> yeah, 33. So that's actually lower than the uh, the Giants here. So 33 on this total. And again, there's par- partial adjustments here too with this one. Again, uh, again, remember uh, the the game went up uh, went up four on Sunday night. Got us got initially got bet up to four and a half. Right now, this is where also you you, you just take into account or you at least think back and say, boy. I remember the preseason, right? And uh, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, remember he looked really good. And, and in that first spectacular start, preseason, yeah. right? Everybody was saying, boy, he had a great preseason. Well, what a difference uh, between the preseason, Alex, and, and the regular season. And it was 
I can't even say he was baptized by fire. He was just baptized by, by a beat. He was beating. <laughs> it was a beating by fire. So um, this game, uh, the adjustment about two, two and a half, depending on where you saw it. Um, but it's been a steady stream of, uh, of Steeler money so far. And, um, you know, could we see the Steelers go to favorite here? I'm not so sure because the one thing about the Browns that they've shown this year, Alex, is their resiliency, right? Every time there's an injury, and it's been there have they've had probably more key injuries than any team. Um, the defense rises, and uh, this is a great example of next next man up, and they just find a way to stay competitive. You are 100% correct, Vinny. And you know what? DTR looked so good in preseason. I think that's part of the reason why they yeah. traded away Dobbs because they were like, we great have point. we have our backup here with him. I the more and more we talk about this game the more I lean towards Cleveland and giving Dorian Thompson-Robinson a real shot at actually starting. He clearly wasn't prepared. We heard from Matt in his, he listened to DTR's presser, and he said, I didn't even know half of the plays going into mm -hmm. that one. I have matured a lot. I've learned a lot. I am ready for this opportunity. So being that uh, that it we saw P.J. Walker so many times already this season and they chose Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I'm going to believe in the coaches have mm -hmm. seen something out of him. Go with the better defense. Probably end up on the Cleveland Browns here. There you go. Good. You know, it's it's just one of those games where Baltimore loses tonight. As we all expected, either the Pittsburgh Steelers with likely a negative point differential and being outgained in every game, or the Browns who have been on or are now on quarterback number three this year. Oh, and by the way, traded Josh Dobbs on the last day of the preseason there this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, we'll be in first place, as we all expected, if Cincinnati were to win tonight. It does not matter who wins on Sunday. They'll be in first place uh, in the AFC North. Uh, I haven't mentioned this game at all, Vinny, but I, I just want to get the book's perspective on sure. this because injuries impacted the Rams in a humongous way before the bye. Mm -hmm. Stafford was hurt, didn't play in that game against Green Bay. Rippon was dreadful, and they actually just flat out cut him from the roster, signed Carson Wentz with how bad it was for the Rams. Yep. Uh, now Wentz is the backup to Stafford here this mm -hmm. week. Uh, you opened on the Sunday night when we were uncertain of Stafford's right. status at two and a half. Mm -hmm. Stafford, McVay says on Monday, we expect Matthew to play. Number goes to a pick. Mm -hmm. Now back to Seattle. One, this, the NFC West is is a little is, is a little bit cyclical here. Yeah, where where the Rams own the Seahawks, the Seahawks own the Cardinals, and the 49ers own everybody mm -hmm. essentially out west, except for the one that mattered in that NFC title game against the Rams. But this is one of those that feels like a really interesting betting game, and and it's because of the status of the quarterback on LA, and also going into the factor that the Rams destroyed Seattle in the second half in week one. Oh, I mean, a, a, a big surprise, right? I mean, it was a dominating performance. And I think yeah. that the key there was uh, was Stafford. But why? But because his offensive line was outstanding. And they were game. great now, that game. Now, since then, too, though, they 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 still have the key uh, injury. Both, both uh, first and second running backs are still out for the Rams. But if, you know, the receiving core is – is terrific, and if the offensive line can give him some time, then he's going to be dangerous. And again, you 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 look if there's an Achilles heel for the Seahawks. Listen, it's it's at quarterback, right? So when you look at this game, um, you know, obviously you, you look at who's got advantages. Advantages advantage at quarterback goes to the Rams. Um, Defensively, I think the Rams have been a little bit better than a lot of people thought they would be. Uh, you, you you still have uh, you know a defense led by Aaron Donald, um, but I I just I think it's going to come down to the team that wins the turnover battle in this game, and that's and that's essentially you know why why it's a pick 'em as well right now. So um, you know, but. I'd say you know the Seahawks are still the healthier team in this one, Alex. So it's, it's it wouldn't shock me if if they get some more support. This game really scares me. Um, I did take, I grabbed plus one with the Rams early in the week, but you know it makes me nervous. It mm -hmm. can go either way. You mentioned you think the Seahawks are the healthier team, and yeah, they should be, but they have been very disappointing this year. Yeah. They are six and three, so to even say that, but we saw the drastic mm -hmm. regression right from Geno Smith. 
their defense has actually stepped up. Mm-hmm. But the Rams, you mentioned it, they're receiving core. They're elite. And I think they can actually hang in this one and, and win it. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, to speak to the division, listen, it there's no question. Not only are the Niners, when they're healthy especially, that they they are not only the best team in the division, they're the best team in the conference because they've got a, a very solid defense. They've got the deepest offense, I would say, not only in, in the NFC, maybe in all of football. And when you look at it, especially when Debo Samuel is healthy, and I think we saw that last week. Mm-hmm. Do they have the best quarterback? I don't say, no. I don't think so. However, within that system, when they are healthy, he's he's more than serviceable. So those are the factors that come into play here, and and the fact that they are by far the best team in in, in the division. Yeah. I, by far, I mean, defensively, I think that the, Seattle can compete, but offensively, look, look from from the NFC yeah. West perspective, I don't care what the records say. Yeah. The Niners are clearly the best yeah. team. If we're going the whole yeah. NFC, they destroyed Dallas. We know that they did. They'll get a shot at Philadelphia. Probably, I, yeah. I think regardless of what – that's a matter of where that game is played more than anything. We know the one in a few weeks will be in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they play in the if playoffs – If they're healthy, they're, they're, the, uh, they're the, the number one AFC yeah, team. Yeah, them and Philly to me are splitting hairs. Yeah. I, I think those two teams are clearly above everyone else, then Dallas, then Detroit, mm-hmm. and then line it up however you want, five through whatever in the I NFC. Give, I give – again, this is predicated on both teams being 100% healthy. I give the the Niners a, a a slight edge because of the offensive depth. Sure, and, and uh, Vinny, actually, I do I do want to get this because there yeah. is there is a college football game tonight. We haven't mentioned it all because it's a brutal game. Uh, I did take a little bit of Boston College money line uh, just for uh, for uh, <laughs> posterity I'm a, I'm here. Uh, oh, shocking, <laughs> shocking! Two way action at the desk. I here. love it. Um, but uh, Vinny, love the desk. This is uh, this did touch three for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's... on the one one and a half on the opener, all yeah. the way up to three, and now uh, down to two and a half. I would say Chris and I were talking about this game uh, a little while ago, and um, you know, total's still hanging in right there. But you know, you look at this game, and you, it's a clear cut example of if this game was played on Saturday, and it would probably be a would Saturday be forgotten. Morning, be a third of the handle yeah. at best, maybe a quarter of the handle yeah. as it's going to see tonight, because it's going to be tied into the the, the Bengals Ravens game, and then cross sport parlays. Uh, again, here at South Point, you know the the other thing is the, the Golden Knights are going to be playing yeah. here at four o'clock in in Montreal. Uh, you got a couple of uh, NBA games, and and a, a you know we've had college basketball all day. So uh, the fact that this game between BC and Pitt is being played. Today at uh, at four o'clock, uh, there's no question it will see a considerable amount more action. So wait, you you, you have both you're both in on you. Who do you have, Alex? I have Pitt minus two. You have and Jeff, you took three. We both can't win. Nope. You, I just money lined it. You money lined. Okay. Yeah, we both can't win on that. <laughs> okay. Um, so no, I. All uh, right. I yeah. Pitt has go. if Pitt loses tonight. Pitt's going to go 2-10. Right. Because they'll mm-hmm. be an underdog against Duke next weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what a disaster. And we already talked about Boston College last week. They're at six wins. They're already bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if they lose today, and it was bad last week against Vatek for Boston it College. Uh, it is. Uh, they're still good. They're still going to be going to a bowl game. All right, Vinny, before we let you go, and before we say bon voyage for tonight, this is today was the first day that we're starting to see these College basketball tournaments go at about yeah. 8.30 in the morning on the West mm-hmm. Coast, all the way, all the through through the endless hours of the night, basically. Just uh, how, how was the handle today on those early games that were kind of single windows that would normally get lost on a Saturday? Uh, and how, how does this week usually go for you guys back there where it's games that are getting that, that are not ending late? You don't know the matchups till later in the day and – you the overnight what? market does not exist in the same fashion as it usually does. It's it, it's been great. I, I, you know, Chris and I were talking about college basketball and the response that it's uh, that it's seen. You'll see more public involvement now with these with these games around this time of year because they're during the day as well. And the folks that are here, either off, we're going to have folks on some vacations and things like that. So college basketball, we'll see. A sp- it's been terrific, but it's been primarily professional money. To this point, now you'll see the public really start to get a little bit more involved, particularly with tournaments 
uh, day games and, and, and things like that. The fact that they're all on television as well. So you have that constant uh, action during the course of the day. So you'll see a lot more interest now uh, by the public. There'll be a spike in the college baskets because of the uh, the way it's structured from a scheduling standpoint. Very good. And we have some new listeners as of tonight, right, at two bars. So maybe they'll jump in and get in yep. some college Steiners basketball. And, and who's the other? Where's um, Jimmy Spot? Traf Traf okay. Trafford, Pennsylvania. Shout oh. out right now. Oh, in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Dom's yeah. Pizzeria. Dom's exactly. See? That's right. See, there you go. They deliver, by the way. They should yes. be here in about uh, 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Uh, hey, I, I, I'm always down for some good pizza, Vinny. You know, they you know a that. Great job there. Yeah, absolutely. Dom, Dom's in Trafford, of course. Right. Steiner's on Buffalo tonight. Uh, three locations uh, mm -hmm. in the Valley here in Vegas. Nevada style pub, good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's all the time we have for Alex White, for Vinny Maliulo. Shout out, crew, Sean, Jerry, and a Ryan guy who you see on uh, Punchlines with Frank Nicotero as well. I, I know he's shaking his head. Uh, even even Ryan doesn't even want to be mentioned at this point. I'm Jeff Files. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see you again tomorrow. Football Friday, 2 o'clock here on the show. And, of course, Frank is back from NOLA tomorrow on Punchlines at noon. We'll see you again tomorrow here at South Point.